Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing out a newly renovated introduction to us episode, which we haven't done in three years. But first, (laughs) let's catch up. Nicole, what's new? Not a whole lot. Piper lost uh, her first tooth, which is kind of early, right? Five? I have definitely, it is early. Yes. And you know what they say? Uh, They say, I've heard this a couple of times, that the earlier you lose your tooth, the earlier you're going to start menstruating. Oh, well, (laughs) no, but I guess that would not surprise me with Piper. I don't know. (laughs) She's got like, pretty early, but yeah. I mean, I think that around age five is, is where they begin. So Paige didn't, wasn't sick. It wasn't, it wasn't until she was six, but I also started my period late. So it kind of oh, makes sense. Huh. Yeah. Well, she did. And based on your recommendation, we got the, that little tooth pillow that hangs on the doorknob uh-huh. outside their bedroom. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we put our tooth in it. We moved it over to her door, like the whole thing. Well, the tooth fairy might have had a glass of wine, two glasses, and she should have had one, and she forgot to come. And uh, so we woke up in the morning, and and she was so bummed. Piper was like, oh, my gosh, the tooth fairy didn't come. And Shay swoops in, and she goes, you know, Piper, it's because she's so used to looking at my side of the hallway for the tooth pillow. She probably didn't even see the tooth pillow on your side of the hallway. And I was like, yes, I'm sure that's it. That's all it was. So sweet. Yeah. Mama Shay swooped in, saved the day. um, And the tooth fairy came that night. (laughs) Oh, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Other than that, we are in ballet, which is kind of fun. They have a beginner uh, ballet, which is I think I said this, but did I already tell you guys about ballet? I don't think so. I I saw it on your Instagram story, but that's about it. Oh, well, it's like it's a drop off and then you go to pick them up. So that's that's a new thing for us. Okay. Um, Yeah. And just the the holiday season is it's been great, uh, busy and but I'm I'm ready for January. I I definitely kept the me and Mary this year. I said no to a couple of things. I thought you'd be proud, Gina. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. What's new with you guys? Awesome. Well, Paige got her, we've been really leading up to yesterday for quite some time. We put it on our calendar, getting her, her vaccine, her first of two. Right. And so we had, I don't know if you remember us talking about this or me talking about this a while ago, but we couldn't get her flu shot because she kind of freaked out a little bit. And I realized that she kind of has some needle phobia, which I always did. And I kind of still do truthfully. So she got it from me and actually Nick has it a little bit as well. So it definitely runs, runs through us on both sides. Um, But so she got it from definitely both of us. But I think it also hasn't helped seeing all the needles on TV recently. I know for me, that's made it worse. So anyway, long story short, she's been really scared about this day. But we signed up to get her her shot at Children's Hospital, which because I knew that they would have child care specialists who would come and take care of her and help her sort of breathe and, and relax. And it helped so much. So Long story short, we did kind of have to hold her down a little bit, which I think is was to be expected. She wasn't going to just be like, okay, you can do it now. I knew that wasn't going to happen. But we got it in there. And I I, I want to say that she 
it didn't hurt and that she was, you know, pleasantly surprised by how little, you know, pain there actually was. And um, she did really well. I was proud of her. So I'm just, awesome. I'm, I told, I told, okay, so I, I had to be the one that held her and with the childcare specialist. And I look over and Nick is like walking away, turning around. He doesn't want to see his child being tortured. So I said, Nick, you are doing the second one. Like hands down, I'm not doing that again. And so he he did a, reluctantly agree to do the second one with her. Do you do great. all like the well child visits with the kids or do you guys both no. go? I will tell you, I, I don't even like to be around when my kids get shots at all. I, I still have needle phobia, especially watching others get shots. Um, okay, so I, I do do them if there's no shot involved. Yes. So generally, yes, it is me when, when I know that they're not going to be getting any vaccines. Yeah. Otherwise, it's Nick. Otherwise, it's Nick. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten better. I mean, I, I went to do, to do their flu shots with them. I've gotten better as I've as I've aged and matured, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Our pediatrician office said recently that like five to seven is like the worst age, like even for yeah. like because they know what's coming. Yep. Um, I don't know if it would help at all. But what yeah. I told the girls the last time and I can't remember if it was Shay or Piper. Uh, it was for their flu shots. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wish I could remember. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I just said, look at my eyes. Look, I'm looking at your eyes. You look at mine and just look at my eyes. Do not pay attention to what they're doing. And because you're right, it doesn't hurt, right? Like it's the whole anticipation. And if you're thinking about it and whichever child it was, gosh, I sound like such a good mom. They were like, (laughs) oh, mom, that helped so much. I'm going to look at your eyes every time. And I was like, oh, so I don't know she, if it would help, but just she to, just has so much fear. No, mm-hmm. it, it, we tried no. everything in the book. You, ha, we just have to hold her down. I think she'll get used to it after a while, and I, that's what happened to me. I mean, I yeah, she'll just have to get used to it. Uh, so yeah, I, I telling nobody her, likes I, needles. Nobody, nobody does. No, there is, and and if you do like needles, like I'm starting to question maybe what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> See, <laughs> like I anyone who says yeah, I love needles, every day. I give shots every day. Yeah, so you don't mind them. But they're subcutaneous. It's different. The intermuscular true. stuff is but I deal with needles all day long and people with That's needle true. phobia. Like I can t- I've I've nearly lost a couple people in my office. I'm like, "Oh, you're looking a little green. Like you need a yeah. trash can. Like what, you know, do we should we mm-hmm. should we press a little pause here?" <laughs> it's Yeah. Um so being on the other end is is kind of funny cuz I'm like, these are like the babiest of needles ever. I know, I know. It's just the idea of a needle. I just going into my into my body. Don't like it. Uh, I know it won't hurt, but I just don't love it. Yeah. So I got my booster shot as well. I don't know if you remember, but I did not do well on the second one. And so I was very nervous about getting my booster shot. I'm not going to lie. Very nervous. But I didn't end up getting as sick, which is great. I did get the Moderna, which is only a half dose. I think that helped. I did still have to take the second, the, the next day off of work, though. I, I had it on Monday and had to take off there Tuesday. I was like a lead balloon. Didn't feel as bad. It was fine. I, I, I at two o'clock that day, I was like, "Oh, I'm good to go." It just um, all of a sudden it just was gone. Uh, but I could not get out of bed for <laughs> quite a few hours. Uh, but yes, obviously very worth it. Uh, we got friends and family coming in town this weekend and next, which I'm excited about. Oh, where I work decided to give us three extra days off for the holiday, which I'd already submitted vacation for, but I get those back, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to us. And then lastly, Cameron is now riding a two-wheeler. I had this goal before it got too cold to get him to take the training wheels off his bike. and Because I, I like it. I like to go on bike rides. We all like to go on bike rides in the summer. And I wanted 
I always had to pull Cameron in that little, you know, carriage thing on the back of my bike, which is fine. But, you know, he's going to be five. I thought it is time for him to learn how to ride a two wheeler. And I will tell you, he was reluctant, but he he did it pretty fast. I was very, very impressed with his ability to uh, balance and and stay on that bike after probably like two tries. So, yeah, it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him for that. Shay yeah. is seven and does not know how to ride a bike. <laughs> really? I, mm-hmm. he, she's not. She's among many, I'm sure. I have a, a co-worker who's, whose daughter is the same. It's okay. It doesn't mean anything. Have you guys tried? We have tried. Not as much as we should. Yeah. Um, what would help is it, the bike is, um, it was gifted from family, um, like a, a hand-me-down. And there's nothing wrong with the bike. Um, but it's it's not like the newest. And it probably doesn't fit her perfectly. Yeah. Um, which is a huge part of it. Also, our street desperately needs to be repaved. Like it is mm. bumpy. Like it borders on gravel. Like it needs to be repaved so bad. And so it's not the best surface to learn, mm-hmm. especially if she's going to fall. Right. So there, yeah. I think that there's just a few factors there. Um, but yeah, we really need to giddy up on that. <laughs> we are a big bike riding family. And so we just, I, it just had to be done. Uh, I will also say, um, oh, wait, did I tell you that I was three when I started riding a two wheeler? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Superstar. I love telling people that. Like, yeah, I was three. Uh, Okay, one okay, tip. Shay is more than twice your age when you started riding a bike. I know. It doesn't mean anything. Honestly, I it just depends on what your priorities are, right? I mean, well, at this rate, Piper's going to gonna get her period before she's going <laughs> to ride a bike. I need to get on this. Jeez. <laughs> Don't let that happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, one tip. We were we tried for like an hour to get Cameron to ride his bike and I was realizing he couldn't pedal. You have to make sure that the tires are fully inflated. That makes all the difference. In general, that makes a difference. If you try to ride a bike on tires that aren't aren't all the way inflated, it's really difficult to ride, to push and to get those pedals to move and to get the wheels to turn. Making sure that they're fully inflated is, I'm telling you, if you've been having trouble getting your kids to ride a bike or learn how to balance on a bike first, make sure that the, your, the tires are, are pumped up fully. Just a, just a heads up. Oh, that's good. Okay, before we begin, just a quick favor to ask. Since you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So of course, we'd appreciate it. All right, so back in December of 2018, wow, you were introduced to us, two dietitians and moms from the Midwest. Our first recording was clunky and honestly, we were winging it very much. I wanna say I recorded by my bed upstairs in our bedroom, which is definitely not where I am right now. Uh, sometimes we still do wing it, but we'd like to think that we are a bit more polished and refined these days, especially since we've hired help in the form of Brian, our fabulous editor. All that aside, since 2018, a lot has changed in our lives and in our world. So we figured it was time for a new introduction episode. We want to make sure all our listeners, both OGs and new to the podcast, have a fresh idea of who we are and what we bring to this podcast. Let's go ahead and dive in. First question, Nicole, we're going to start with some basics. Where do we live? Who's in our immediate family? And what do we do for a living aside from raising kids and managing a home? Uh, I am originally from Chicago, a very near west suburb of Chicago called Oak Park. Um, But I now live in St. Joseph, Michigan, which is very, very, very south 
west in the state. So it's we're like right around the tip of Lake Michigan from Chicago, just to give those not from Michigan or near to here an idea. So we're actually just an hour and a half from like downtown Chicago. Um, Our little town is fairly sleepy, but it's very family oriented, uh, really great schools. And we've got all the summer fun that we so enjoy. And that brings a lot of people here to vacation in the summertime, uh, which is awesome. I love where we live. Um, I am married to hubby Mark and we have two girls, Shay and Piper and our bulldog Harley. And I work at the local health system. I work as a manager of a diabetes and nutrition team. So we're predominantly outpatient, although we do have an inpatient presence. And currently the team is dietitians, and there's one pharmacist. Historically, we've had some nurses as well. I would love to add a nurse to our team. But uh, as everybody knows, nurses are kind of in a shortage right now. So finding a nurse who's also a certified diabetes educator is not easy to come by, uh, especially in a little town. So that's kind of my my job. And the work is primarily in diabetes, but we really do see it all in our department, which I love. So it may be eating disorders. It may be um, pediatric stuff, uh, food intolerances, lipids, hypertension, you name it. We see it, which I love. What about you, Gina? (laughs) I know about you mostly. I know. And I'm, and I'm boring, man. I have lived in Ohio. I've lived in Ohio my entire life, uh, which is, you know, fine. I, I love Ohio. I, I, I really, really do. <laughs> I grew up in Columbus and I've literally lived here my entire life, except for the four years that I went to college, but I was still in Ohio. Uh, I have a daughter, Paige. She is seven. She turned seven in August and a son, Cameron, who is four and a half, but he'll be five in February, which I can't even imagine this. And also a husband, Nick. My husband works in food sales and I also work with food because I work in collegiate dining. And what I mainly do, aside from planning menus and, you know, helping students who have food allergies or intolerances kind of figure out what to eat, is I also lead the wellness efforts within our department, which we do have the largest department within um, the the university side of where I work. And so it's, it is a lot of fun. I wear a lot of hats and I do manage one other dietitian as well as interns and students. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. All right, let's chat about our kids and husbands specifically. What are some things we'd like to share about our kids and about our husbands? Mm. You want me to go or you want to go? You go. You want me to go first? Okay. So Nick and I married nine years ago this past September. We've been together actually for 16 years in this coming May, which is wow. I just cannot believe that. We love to travel together, although admittedly, we haven't had much time for that in the past few years. We just haven't. We've, you know, he started his new job actually three years ago. And since then, we just have not been able to travel a whole lot, at least not together. We really want to change that, especially as the kids get a little bit older. Our extended families are both from the same area of Italy. This is an interesting little uh, tidbit of information. His mom, is her maiden name is Casa. My maiden name is Casa Grande. And yes, our kids do all have 10 fingers and 10 toes. (laughs) I think we're pretty much related, but you know, whatever. I do believe, obviously, our relation is very distant. But yeah, we're from the same part in Italy, you know, long, long ago. Paige and Cameron are kids. They're both very sensitive little ones. In fact, I did an entire episode on highly sensitive children where I interviewed Paige. This was 
probably maybe within our first 10 episodes. Paige definitely keeps us on our toes. I Again, we did uh, episode 113 with Terry Manrique about some of the difficulties we've had with Paige, at least this summer. She's incredibly smart and perceptive. Honestly, you can't keep anything from her. <laughs> she just can see right through you. She's also strong-willed and has taught us how to be patient and empathetic, empathetic as parents. Like I said, this year we've had some difficulties with, with Paige, but they've really been turned around with help from our parenting coach, Terry, which again is on episode 113 if you're interested. And she helped us really see just how amazing Paige is, which we knew, uh, but it's just good to hear it from somebody else as well. If you listen to episode 113, um, you'll kind of learn what was going on with Paige and how, honestly, all of her troubles and her uh, out outbursts were related to us treating Cameron differently just because he's the younger one. And it was really, really eye-opening. And I'm just really appreciative of Paige for, you know, even maybe not in the most direct way, but indirectly letting us know what was going on. Okay, Cameron, he's definitely a bit more easygoing than Paige and really just goes with the flow. And and we've known that ever since he was a he was a baby. He was definitely a a quote unquote easier baby. I, but they're just, they're just very different, but both very sensitive and that's okay. Not to say that he doesn't have a voice. He definitely does. And you know, he is younger. He's finding his voice. And as I said, he's close to age five and he's definitely becoming more vocal uh, as he approaches that age, but even age four, I mean, he's definitely been, things have turned a little bit since he turned four. So in, you know, for the better, but also making a, making it a little bit more difficult as parents, because as you know, after the age, age two slash three, it does become a little bit more difficult, but also more fun. He is very much a snuggler and likes to pretend to be the family cat, <laughs> which honestly Paige can't stand, uh, but he'll curl up in your lap and he just, he just loves to snuggle. Both kids love swimming, bike riding, playing family games, although Cameron is still learning how to be a good loser and not cheat, as we say, which, you know, that just goes with the territory. I feel like that's pretty common for kids his age. I still hate to to lose myself. They also love to do crafts and they're both doing gymnastics right now. And I think they could do it. They would do it every day if they had the, the option. All right. What about you? Mm. Yeah. Mark and I have been married for 12 years, 12 and a half, I guess. Um, and together since I was 18. It's actually fun. I, yeah, I know. And I'm so that's half my life, literally, because uh, I am I am 36. Uh, and so, yeah, I was 18 when we met. He was 23. I was a freshman. He was in grad school. Yep. All the jokes. Um, his friends had a heyday with that. Uh, we now have two spunky little blondes running around. So we've got Shay, who is seven and she's in first grade. So we've got two fall birthdays. So my girls are a little bit older for their grades, which I like. Uh, and then Piper, she is five. She's in what's called young fives in the public school or like pre-K. So it's it's a full day through the public school. So we got our pay raise early from uh, the the daycare situation. And Mark works in HR for a Fortune 500 company that's located here in Southwest Michigan. And prior to COVID, he traveled a ton internationally, uh, typically like Brazil, China, India, uh, Europe. So he was gone a lot, like one to two weeks out of the month, I would say. 
Uh, so now he just works a lot and we'll see if travel ever really resumes, but we've definitely kind of got our family unit back together a bit. Um, thank you pandemic on that account. Uh, but yeah, so both, uh, both of our girls go to the same elementary school. They hop on the bus each morning around eight and then they're dropped back off at four fifteen. So by the bus, it's a long day wow. for them. Yeah. Um, they're generally, uh, involved in quite a few different activities at any given time. We tend to rotate those. Uh, but currently swim lessons, ballet, and taekwondo. And we've tried a lot of different things. So tennis, uh, t-ball, gymnastics. Um, I've really tried to kind of just figure out what we've tried ice skating, what it is that they kind of latch onto. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what those are yet, but they're both really strong swimmers. So there's that. Um, so Shay is, a, I would say, just kind of a stereotypical firstborn in that she's like a rule following responsible kiddo um, to a T like that is her birth order just that she lives out through and through. She's super cuddly and I would say she's academically inclined for sure. Her watching her reading blossom has been really fun. She likes to come home and like whip out her Chromebook from school and just do all it's called Lexia. I don't know if Paige mm-hmm, has this. We have that. Yep. Yeah. So Shay loves doing it. Like I think she's doing second or third grade work. And yeah. she's very motivated to do that. And, you know, they make it fun for him. But she's super loving. She remembers everything. So kind of like Paige, you cannot get anything past this kid. Um, she's She remembers everything. Piper, our little five-year-old, is very fun-loving, kind of like Cameron. She's just really go with the flow and easy. Like Shay in the morning, you got to like wake her up. Like it's on her terms. She is her daddy's daughter in that way. Piper, she's like, oh, good morning. You know, she just like thrusts into her day, like full speed. Uh, She's a little sassy. And if I'm being honest, a little bit naughty um, thus far in very innocent ways. But she is a little bit boy crazy. So for example, our neighbor needed a can of corn. And so I sent the girls over there. I'm like, come straight back. Like you're dropping off the corn and you're coming straight back. Well, 10 minutes later, they weren't back. And I go to find them and I'm like, girls, didn't we talk about straight back? And I, we get home and Shay said, oh, well, Piper told her that that you said we should actually get a tour of the house. And I was <sighs> like, of course, like this is the kind of stuff Piper does. Like none of this surprises me. And then this week she was convinced that she was getting married on the bus, like to this boy. <laughs> And she's like, I need a married dress to go to school. I'm like, she is boy crazy. Oh boy. Um, she talks about her wedding all the time. Oh my gosh, the, this girl. She's she's yeah. my girly girl. All she want, wanted for Christmas was a pedicure. Oh my gosh. Easy. Yeah. Oh, oh, this child. Uh, but she is loving school, so that's good. And she idolizes her big sister. Her big sister also adores her. And I just joke that God gave me what I needed because the girls are truly the best of friends right now. They really crave one another after a day apart. And I think some of that was because in Montessori, they were in the same classroom for quite a number of years. So now being apart during the day, it's like they really do want to come together after they've been apart. And they really do a good job of self-entertaining with their imagination for hours on end. Mark and I will just sit back on the weekend and watch it all unfold. And sometimes we're like, "Uh, should we like parent or you know, just let them go. It's just funny. But I will say so far, the tiffs between the two have been kept at a minimum. And we're just wondering when our luck will run out because it will. Mm -hmm. I know it will. Oh, yeah. Inevitably, it will. And that's okay. I mean, it's that's very it's yes, that is to be expected. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So how did we meet? And I'll I'll take this one. I I started my blog, which I do not have anymore back in I want to say it was 2006. 
And of course, back then it was the etiquette and it probably still is. I honestly don't know to read other people's blogs and to comment on them. If you wanted to get readers, you had to go digging for other blogs and and make friends with other bloggers. And that is how I found you, Nicole. I want to say you started a couple of years after I did. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just loved your blog. I thought it was just funny. I just loved how you wrote and how you narrated your blog. And I still do. I just think it it just resonated with me so much. And then you ended up moving to Columbus for Mark's job. Mm-hmm. And we you you we lived close-ish. I mean, you still lived a little bit outside of Columbus, but we saw we ended up seeing each other a few times and hanging out and you know, you moved back to Michigan. We didn't see each other for actually we didn't see each other until uh Fancy Food Nutrition Conference and Expo in was Chicago. In Chicago. I want to say it was 2017. And you had so just had Paige, I think. I had Cameron. Yeah, I had, had just had Cameron. Because he was born in 2017. And this was in October of 2017. Is that he right? Was born, he was born in February. Yeah, it was Cameron. I brought Cameron with me. I, I well, we were in Columbus it. for a wedding, you remember? And I was like yeah. a hot minute pregnant. Yes. And I wasn't drinking. You offered yeah. me a drink because we stopped at your house. And you're like, you're uh-huh. pregnant. And I'm like, bish, how you know that? Like, <laughs> like Nicole's you- <laughs> turning down a drink. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, no. <laughs> yes, I remember that. And now that was at our old house. Yeah. And that's when we only had, obviously, because Piper is older than Cameron. We only had Paige at that point. Although for some reason, I want to say Paige wasn't even with us. I don't know why. Or maybe she was already asleep by the time you came over. I'm not sure. But I don't think you even met Paige. Yeah, probably. But you would have gotten pregnant with Cameron just like a, a pinch of months after that. Because yeah, Cameron I think we and... were at that point trying. Okay. Yep. That sounds right. Crazy. Although, although that's not true because we moved. We moved right after you came. I think that was in January. And then we sold our it house. It was a Christmas. It was a New Year's Eve wedding. Okay. Yes, that's right. And then about two months later, we, we sold our house and moved in with my mother-in-law, Nick's mom. And then we, that's when we started trying with, with Cameron anyway. Yes. And then we saw each other again that year, 2017. So you must not have had, you weren't, well, I had already, no, it must've been the next year. It was 2007. Yeah. So that must've been 2016. And then 2017 in October, we saw each other at that conference. I had Cameron with me because I was nursing and we just, you know, said, hi, hey, what's going on? And, you know, yeah, I remember much of Nick it. And pushing then- the stroller around this giant, like <laughs> it was at McCormick Place in Chicago, uh-huh. which is absolutely massive. Yeah. And I remember him pushing Cameron in the stroller. And I was like, what are you going to do like between sessions? And Nick was like, I'm just here to like, you know, deliver a baby to a boob. Like it was just so funny. I was like, <laughs> you are a good husband, Nick. Good, uh, good work. That and was dad. such a good, yeah, yes, yes. That was such a fun um, experience slash travel adventure. It was fun. We had we had a good time. But yeah, we didn't really hang out, you and I. And then a couple of years later, I thought, you know what? I want to start a podcast. And uh, I thought, who better to do this with than you, Nicole? So yeah, anything else to add to that? No, I don't think so. That covers I it. I guess that brings us to the next question. What was the impetus for the podcast? <laughs> I... Honestly, did not really listen to podcasts until about 2018, which truthfully, I don't know that they really even became a thing until maybe what, Mm -hmm. 2017? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they've been around for a while, but people didn't really start listening to them until fairly recently, right? And I didn't start listening to them until around 2018. I'll never forget. I I had this project that involved me 
being on my computer for days and hours on end. And I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through that? It was mindless work. Okay. I thought, how am I going to get through this? So I, you know, opened up. I'm like, what's this podcast thing on my on my phone? And I found this podcast and it was the girl, the girl next door podcast, which we've talked about, you know, previously. Listen to the entire, their entire like three years of seasons. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And I'd already stopped blogging. I kind of missed doing something extra on the side. I did some research to see if there were any family wellness podcasts. And although they might exist now, because this was three years ago, they didn't really exist at the time that I could see. And of course, I didn't want to do it on, on my own. I thought, who could I do it with? And you were really the first person I thought of. And I reached out to you and you were all in. Well, <laughs> I was. That's a good elated. segue into the next question. <laughs> Yeah. So what are our hobbies and interests? Go ahead, Nicole. Yeah. I say no to nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's problematic at times. I So I still blog, like you said, Gina. So I've had my blog since 2009. Yes. Mm-hmm. Early 2009. So my blog, yeah, it'll be, what is, is 13 it's years It's going to be 2022. Yeah, yeah. Just crazy. Uh, so 13 years I've been blogging. Um, yes, I know. Just crazy. Uh, it is a source of income for me. So that's, that is, um, not the reason I do it, but it, it's a something. So I, I view it as like a little side hustle. Um, and then you, we added the podcast and it's a time commitment for you and I to, you know, one, just find the pearl of, you know, the nugget of time that aligns with both of our schedules. Um, but yeah, I, I would say both, probably more so the blog kind of keeps me cooking and just motivated to try new foods and just keep creative in that way, which I love. Um, but yeah, it, cooking has changed. I, I know you're going to talk about this a little bit too, uh, just with life. Uh, but I am a avid ice hockey player. I, I once upon a time was really good. I played hockey in high school uh, after I quit my figure skating career. Um, and I, so I've played ever since I played for a club at the university of Illinois during college. And then I played, uh, I tra- played travel when I was in high school. So I've hockey's always really been a part of my life. And, and now I captain a team. I'm very involved in our local league, um, which is like a beer league. It's not real competitive. There are higher level leagues, but we just have the best of times. I also play tennis. I started playing tennis, ironically, when I got pregnant with Shay, and I just didn't feel comfortable or safe playing hockey when pregnant past like, you know, those first couple couple months. And so I transitioned to tennis. A, a friend kind of convinced Mark to get me lessons. And I am not a good tennis player, but I really, really enjoy it. And I love that it's a little bit easier on my body than hockey. So usually once a week, I'll try and do like a drill and play with a tennis pro at a local club. So we live literally one mile from a tennis club. Um, and there's several pros there that are, it's just, it's fun. Uh, but yeah, I suck. It, it's just not good. I'm also <laughs> in two book clubs and uh, that's, that's good. And my family loves everything summer. So we belong to a boat share as of this past summer and as well as a pool. So in the summer, and then we have the beach, of course, we have beaches everywhere here. So we're generally on a boat or near water 100% of the time, like June, May, even through October. It's, we live it up. Um, I'm mm-hmm. also a craft beer lover. We have so many breweries around us. Uh, I love that about 
where we live and yeah, just adore beer. And I'm also obsessed with everything Peloton, the bike, the tread we've added to our home gym. We are obsessed and as everything else Peloton has to offer. I love like the meditation and yoga and strength classes. And yeah, I'm just, I'm very committed to too many things, but I love them all. Nothing can fall off the plate. I'm listening to you and thinking how, of course, I also remember what you just said, that your kids play well together and they're often off in a corner playing together for hours on end, which <laughs> I mean, I can only dream of that. Uh, yes it's much no. easier. Yeah. Do your what kids do you say, well, my kid's new thing is I'm bored, which oh, means God. can you? I have the tablet? I'm like, yeah. no, no, you yeah. may not have the tablet. Like, mm-hmm. You've been home from school for three seconds. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get that all the time. And and our kids, they play way well together, but inevitably it turns into a fight. It's like they'll play well together for 30 minutes. And then within, you know, 35 minutes, I hear screaming and kicking and blah. <laughs> I'm hoping that gets that gets better as as Cameron matures a little bit more, because I think one of the big things that that Paige can't stand about Cameron is he is still a little immature. And she, I, I want to say, is 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 just beyond him in maturity. I mean, he is. She is two and a half years older, and she just kind of gets sick of it. How he acts like a cat, acts like a baby. She hates that. He'll bring out his baby talk, and oh, it just drives her nuts. And you know, she hates that she can't play games with him because he cannot stand losing. And although she can't really either, and the and he also, I hate to say, cheats, but. Because that's kind of a cruel word, but he does. He won't follow the rules. Even though he knows them, he just refuses to follow them. And I think it drives her nuts. He's opportunistic. (laughs) I guess. It's a good way to spin it. Uh, But I think that this year, I'm hoping things will will change a little bit. But anyway, as you talk about all your commitments and things that you do, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, I just had a conversation with someone yesterday about how things get easier with your kids. And it allows you to have more time for yourself when your kids are around seven and 10, because that's where she's at. And she said, things have never been easier. Not that they're easy by any means, but things are better. So I'm like, okay. I've but don't you just turn years. into an Uber driver at that stage? Like you're just schlepping mm-hmm. kids everywhere. Yeah. If they're involved probably. in stuff or even if you overcommit them, right? Well, even just yeah. play dates or I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? I, I'm sure things will, yeah, Think other areas of parenting will get more difficult. Absolutely. But having to always entertain them and think of what, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, it's winter break. What are we going to do? What are we going to do to keep them entertained? We're going to have to do this. Got to schedule this. And it's just, I, I never have time to schedule things for myself. I shouldn't say never. I definitely do. But like, I like to take piano lessons. I'd like to do all these things. I wanted to take that health coaching class over the summer. I had to quit. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm trying. But you're really good about protecting your time. Like you set boundaries and I I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how else. I mean, as you're saying all this, I I don't know how you find this time. I I don't. Um, I've, I've barely had time to read lately. I haven't read a book, which is so unlike me in, in over a month. Um, well, like I, I, I read a, when I walk at work on my lunch break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I listen to a book on tape during my lunch break and, and I don't walk for very long during my lunch break normally. But yeah, I mean, I, if, I, if that's the only time I'm reading, I, I'll probably finish a book a month. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just don't have, I just don't have the time. I don't know. Do you guys watch in, a lot of TV? Night? How much in the evening no. do you watch? No. 30 minutes? Oh, Maybe. Wow. A lot of times I don't, wa- I don't watch any TV at night. Wow. Um, I'll, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's okay. I don't feel overwhelmed. I'm just like, I don't have time to do things that I'm interested in. And I, and I'm looking forward to the time when, when that changes, even if it takes a few years, which I know it will. I'm looking forward to that time. So I do, like you said, love to cook and bake. Although again, I, I don't find enough time to, to do that. I am generally looking for recipes that are short and sweet, one pot recipes because I hate to clean up. Although Nick does a really good job of cleaning up after me. Uh, I'm also in a time period of my life where I feel like whenever I make something that I spend time on, no one else eats it but me. Drives me nuts. And I'm sure others who are listening can resonate with that. <laughs> I'm actually excited. I'm making, we're having friends over tonight and I'm making a tried and true African peanut stew that we made last year around this time that was so good. And it's one pot. I think I shared it. Uh, you know what? That can be my mom win today. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that because it was so, so good. <laughs> uh, Cause my mom win today is totally lame. Uh, I do like to travel again. I just, we just haven't made that a priority, especially with COVID. The last time I traveled, well, aside from driving to North Carolina was literally the day before we got released from where I work to go home. And that's when we came, I went to that conference, which I don't even consider traveling, but we're planning on the pandemic good, release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Released for the, from the pandemic. That was back in March. You're like, I got released from work. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> you may go. Are you no. going to pay me? May I leave? <laughs> yes, that would be nice. Um, so yeah, I love to travel. love to explore different areas, but we just haven't made that. Now remind me, would you guys be able to travel without the kids? Like would somebody, you guys have parents, like could that happen or no? It could, it could. Here's what I feel like though. It's like, I don't even have, I always take off five to six days for, for Christmas or the, you know, the winter holidays. I'm always taking off at least six days over the summer because of the kids not having school on certain days in the summer. And then I, we generally go on, you know, a week long vacation. That's all my vacation days. I don't have any more. And so I, I, until I start getting more vacation days, which I will actually in the next one and a half years, I'll start getting an extra seven days. I just don't have the, the time. And I'm not about to take off work without getting paid, you know, taking unpaid time. I can't at this point do that, nor do I want to. So we just don't have the extra time to, because we always go on a family vacation, which is, yeah. you know, where I'll take off anywhere from five to seven days. I'm always taking off Christmas vacation time. I'm always taking off summer vacation time, which is like sporadic. It's not all one, you know, five to, you know, four to five days. It's a Monday here, a Tuesday here, where we can't find daycare. I have, we, I don't know where else we'd be able to fit in travel time. So anyway. I, I, I'm, I'm totally going off on a tangent, but yes, I, I hope to do that more and, and be able to have more time once I get that extra seven days because we, we would like to go even just quick, you know, drive down to Nashville and stay at the Omni Spa for a couple of days or go over to Asheville, which isn't too far from here. I shouldn't say it's not too far. It's about seven hours, but that's not, that's not terrible. We could even fly if we needed to. We do hope to also go on a trip for my 40th birthday next year. I think we're going to go to New Orleans together, which will be a lot of fun. Anyway, I like to travel. I do love games and, and I've, um, we're definitely raising two game addicts, especially Paige. She just loves card games, which I love that about her because we'll play card games 
for hours. I enjoy a good puzzle and a good book. If I, again, can find the time, which last year, I mean, I think I read 20 books, which was so unlike me. Uh, but I had the time last year because there wasn't as much going on with my work and it was just so much more downtime with COVID. I don't know. I'm also a fan of high intensity fitness classes. I joined Orange Theory Fitness this year, which I've really been enjoying. But I've, of course, also love a good calm bar or yoga class from time to time. In fact, I think I'm going to join our local bar studio at some point this year as well. All right. So let's dive into our nutrition and wellness philosophy. When people ask you, why did you become a dietitian? What was your answer 15 years ago versus now? Or has it not changed at all? I'll go ahead and get started on this one. I became a dietitian as I think most people become dietitians or end up in the healthcare field to help people. But when I first became an RD, it was easy me to remain well and healthy. I mean, I had no kids. I wasn't married. I was just, you know, living life. Like, yeah, how hard is this? I'm eating nutritious foods. I'm balanced. Everything was good. I had no issues whatsoever, right? I was a single woman, nothing stressful going on in my life, right? That's just how it was. So of course I thought this was easy. Now, obviously things have changed. I'm married with a mortgage, two kids to take care of and worry about, learning to stay well and healthy as a parent or adult is significantly different than it was before. And when I decided to go to college to become a dietitian, uh, my goal and motivation as an RD definitely remains the same though. I still care so much about helping people develop and adhere to wellness and nutrition goals. That is still my top priority. I feel like my life my, my real life experiences have helped me understand just how difficult it can be to remain well and balanced. And I've learned a lot through my own experiences, being a mom, being a, um, a wife, you know, having a household to maintain. Uh, I feel that I've persevered through some really tough times. And I, and I do use that experience to make myself a better dietitian and wellness coach. So like I said, I'm no longer just focused on the, the balanced eating part of my job, but I I'm so much more passionate now about all the different areas of wellness and getting people to see that it's not just about the food that we put in our body, but just really the whole puzzle. And I've learned to to respect that. And that's why I want to learn more about wellness as a whole and being a wellness coach. And I want to move away from just food, especially now that my, my food philosophy is so different. So when I became a dietitian, I, I, I want to say that my goal wasn't necessarily just to help people. I will be more specific and say my goal was to help people realize that weight loss is easy uh, because I was doing it. You know, I was um, not only, I guess I wasn't necessarily losing weight, but I was maintaining my, uh, my figure and eating healthy foods and working out every day. And I wanted to teach others how to do the same and how weight loss and weight maintenance is just super easy. Not only has my tune changed about weight loss and weight maintenance, I don't even use those terms anymore, but I also respect and know the importance of just the whole wellness puzzle as a whole. It's not just about the food. I used to think that that eating nutritious food and being physically active was really all that mattered, but there's so, so much more to it. And I respect that more. And I see that more now, especially as an adult and a mom and a full-time working mom, right? working outside the home at least. And yeah, so I, my, 
my goals as a dietitian have changed dramatically since I first became one. And my food philosophy has, has changed quite a bit as well. What about you? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, you, so your response, I guess, was to help people. And I would say I would add to that to inspire people and using yeah. myself as an example. So just a, a bit of my weight history. I was, um, my mom says I was overweight since age two. Um, I don't remember I, that, of course, because I don't remember what happened when I was two, but I was always um, the larger child in in class growing up. And I would say by elementary school years, like it was difficult to find clothes. It was it, it was uh, it was clear that my weight was. Um, yeah, I, I, I struggled sometimes with friendships and, and finding friends. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a battle. I knew it was a problem. Um, mm a problem for me because I wasn't happy, I guess you could say. Um, that's a that's a hard age. Those are, those are just hard ages. You want to be like everyone else, right? Um, and so it wasn't until high school that I, and I can't, I can't explain the why, but I just knew that I wasn't happy. And how this translated into what I did, I, I can't tell you. But what I did was that summer, and I think it was between freshman and sophomore year, I went out one morning and I I had always hated running. I hated running the mile in school. I just always hated it. But I wanted to get involved with something and the uh, cross country team did not have try. Uh, they didn't, they, there was no cuts. So everybody made the team. And I know I've mentioned this at some point on the show, but um, that summer I just ran one block, about died, went home. And the next morning I ran one block and a little bit further, went home, you know, dying. Well, by the end of the summer, I was running over three miles and it was just something that I was super proud of. Like it, it was like my, I didn't like tell anyone about it. It was just something that I had never challenged myself um, in any, I was not a kid. I was not involved in any sports other than figure skating, uh, which was not seriously up until that point. Like I, I was not like, I look at what your kids do as far as, you know, extracurriculars and my kids, I, I didn't do those things. Um, and I think a lot of it was because my weight just I I didn't feel confident enough to do that. So anyway, um, hold on, wait. Can I enter? Yeah. What what age was this? I was like between freshman and sophomore year of high school. Okay. okay. So like thirteen, fourteen, because I was young for my grade. I graduated when I was seventeen. So probably I'll say right around that age thirteen. So I think that being that age and finding some some form of success for my overall like fitness, and I did lose weight. Um. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I that was just kind of a a pivotal moment for me, where I just looked at where I was unhappy, unhappy with my body, and then where where with the progress I had made, and I, I was very motivated by that. I felt better. I I just liked myself better having made those changes. Uh, so and I, I said it in our last episode, but I think that for me, being in a larger body is kind of my dietitian superpower, mm-hmm. in that I still use that to apply to a generally like quote unquote unwell population in my day day job that's primarily diabetics. So I don't know. I guess my philosophy is really to meet people where they're at, encourage and inspire those little changes to make a huge difference. And I think just to find joyful movement, just a more active lifestyle in general that includes more nutrient dense, unprocessed foods. So that doesn't mean like never eat fast food, but it means Every day probably isn't good. Uh, so it's just kind of working towards some general framework around the nutrition. And to me, I think that exercise is just such a part of my mental health that it it's 
difficult for me to understand. It's hard for me to relate to people who don't feel the same. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like it's I so I think for sometimes it's finding a movement that brings you joy. And I don't know what that is for other people, but uh, for me, it it comes in a lot of different ways. But um, I guess in my day to day work, I do think of it as being more Western medicine. Uh, but it is a part of my job that I enjoy, and I enjoy marrying that with dietetics in this kind of medical setting. And I don't know, I think overall, it's just important to mitigate risk. So when you're talking philosophy, mitigate risk of chronic disease, mitigate risk and complication, I'll say, from chronic disease by way of nutrition, movement, happiness, and more. So similar to Eugenia, I just kind of view this whole picture of, are you happy? What does your life look like? You know, what are what are your hangups? What are your whys? Like, what what do you want to change? Are you willing to change? Uh, I, I don't know. I probably did a really bad job of explaining that, but no, I, think I like makes, to use myself as yeah. an example to inspire because I am still in a larger body. And I think that it's helpful for people to see that you can be in a larger body and still live a healthy life, healthy oh, life really. in all the ways, like happiness, like actual physical body health. Um, Cause I, I at least for the most part. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. I love that. All right. Uh, so we talked, so this is this, I'm looking at this next question and we've both kind of hit on this a bit in our previous answers, but we talk about size diversity a lot on this podcast and haze or the health at every size movement and intuitive eating. So let's be frank about where we're at personally and professionally with these topics. And again, we've talked about this in the past. We've got some episodes coming up on this as well in the future. Uh, so I'll go ahead and get started. Like I just said, my past is filled with weight loss classes and really working for a weight loss company that promoted liquid diets for quick weight loss. It was, um, actually, I won't even give the name, but it was- I the, didn't know that. Really? Have I not talked about this on the podcast? Liquid, I don't think liquid so. Liquid diets. Wow. Yeah, five, five drinks a, a day for all your calories. And then we slowly <sighs> got them to learn once they lost their weight- learn how to add food back to their diet, which is cringy, just saying that out loud. Uh, at this point in my life, I fully believe that we should not base uh, any wellness or nutrition goals off of the number on the scale. I truly see no purpose in a scale at all, aside from, of course, prescribing medicine. So if I'm going to the doctor's office, I do not ask them to weigh me or I tell them not to weigh me, not because I, I fear that I'll dive down into the eating disorder hole again, it's really because I think it's useless. It's a, it's a useless metric unless I'm there because I have an ear infection or something and they're going to prescribe me medicine. But even then, I don't think that they, they base it up. They give a very generic dose to most adults, right? So it depends on the medicine. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. Uh, when I work with people to improve upon their nutrition and wellness, we focus purely on health habits and I, and I have no mention, I make no mention of weight I consider myself a haze aligned intuitive eating dietitian, haze meaning health at every size. That being said, I'm still early on in my haze journey and have a lot more to learn. And I'm fully aware of that. As far as body respect and my own personal body acceptance journey, all I will say is that I practice what I preach and that I do not have a scale. And I also refuse, like I said, to weigh myself or get weighed at the doctor's office. And I have really truly zero need to know my weight. It, it doesn't help me in the least. And in fact, when I do find out my weight, it, it generally only hurts me um, just because I, I overanalyze the number to a fault. 
And I, I really, truly, fully embrace the changes in my body uh, as, or that my body really goes through as I age, which it, they're inevitable changes, especially post-children, right? Uh, but I will admit that I do have work to do in other areas of body respect, which we're actually going to do a full episode on, I believe, in February. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what about you, Nicole? Uh, on the journey, um, I struggle a bit more. I, I would just say I am haze positive, um, but I, mm -hmm. I struggle a bit more from like an academic approach because I'll just use BMI for lack of a more simple or appropriate term. So just BMI. It is correlated with chronic disease. Um, mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back to that question of how how big is too big or how much weight is too much weight. And I don't, you know, I don't have an answer there, but I guess I do trust research and data. Um, and there's so much of it. That's why it's, this is a bit of a, of a struggle um, for me to get like 100% behind, even, even if I'd love to. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm behind in many ways, but I, I think that there's, um, yeah, I, I, yes, I'm behind it uh, for the most part. So that's I, I do personally experience <clears throat> what I deem good health while living in a larger body and, quote, doing so much right. Uh, could I and I actually had a really um, candid text exchange with a close friend this week and she listens to the show and I don't want her to be offended. Um, but she said something that kind of triggered me about um, like you. Well, you could do this. Um, and and probably lose weight. And I, I like I bucked in response. Could I do more? Cut out more? Move more? Like sure. I mean, I could just like live my life on a treadmill and eat carrot sticks all day. Like, <laughs> but is that really light? Like, what does that accomplish? And so, sure, I personally feel that most anyone could do more to abide by health, you know, rules, if you will. But like, at what expense? And that's kind of where I'm at with all of this. Is I would personally have to restrict beyond what I feel is nutritionally sound uh, or mentally or emotionally wise to say, let's lose 10 pounds, uh, despite the fact that I have most definitely a good 40 pounds lose. And I'm just throwing out numbers because we're being candid. Um, and I'd love to say goodbye to those those pounds forever if in a perfect world. But I know because I've done this for decades that it would take, you know, everything in me. Uh, in an all-consuming, unhealthy way to get there and stay there, that I am, I am just like, I'm done. Like, I am divorced from that. I have no interest in that. And I know that what I do today is like exactly where my body wants to be. And I would say, like, I talked about it, you know, after having the girls, like where my weight just right went right back to my starting point. Like, my body has a set point. I know that. And that's how I I just I just firmly believe that that my body is telling me exactly where it wants to be. Whether or not I would change it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> my body has determined that it wants to be at a certain place. And I recently found out that I can get above that place um, if I if I'm not eating intuitively or I'm just not following health habits closely enough. But um, I have also found out that I can I can lose back to that point uh, a little bit and then it stops right there. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess I firmly believe that I am living the life I want in regards to food freedom um, and health promoting habits that have me on solid ground with all areas of health. So I, I am just divorced from restricting, measuring, counting and not just simply not living life 
and being unhappy with my body. I just have to, I love myself enough in 2022 to not be there. So I do use my weight as a checkpoint occasionally. There is no set cadence with which I, we do own a scale. I will get on at the doctor's office, uh, but it's nothing that I routinely measure or assign much importance to. So I'm not going to see that number. It is not going to dictate my mood, what I do, what I don't do. It is a reference point for me. So I think I am a haste supportive dietitian, uh, and I think, but I do think that health habits are really important and weight less so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the, is the entire point, right? Mm-hmm. Take the focus off the weight, focus more on health habits. Yep. Because of what you just said, a lot of people who are in larger bodies, a lot of people who are on smaller bodies, no matter what your size, that's the size that your body wants to be. So to, to keep trying to pursue a weight that is actually not sustainably achievable, what's the point? In fact, it makes most people, a lot of people, less healthy than they would be if they just accepted yeah. their weight as it was. So, yeah. Awesome. So, okay. Mom wins favorite new products. That kind of uh, put a cap on our, our update to our introduction. So we're going to move on to mom wins and favorite products. Well, we did our Instapot recipe or Instapot uh Pressure cooker, I should say. Pressure cooker, air fryer uh, episode a couple a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. Of course, I have another Instant Pot recipe, but it's for chicken and dumplings. It's very simple. And it uses um, like prepared like refrigerator biscuits as the dumplings. So you literally okay. take a pizza slicer and cut each little biscuit into eight, like little, like a pizza into mm. little wedges and you just drop it in the Instant Pot. Oh my gosh, it was so good. That sounds but good. what is, is, is chicken and dumplings, is that like a... Is it like a soup, would you say? Or is it, this is a creamy is a version. Stew. A stew. Okay. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because I thickened mine up a little bit because I, I really like that like comfort, like creaminess. Mm. Um, But I was looking at additional like chicken and dumpling recipes and some of them are more broth based. Um, This is a creamier version. So I would say mm. it's all the warm, cozy, cuddly that you need Yum. for the winter months. That sounds so, so good. It's right up your alley, Gina. Try it. I, I think the kids would love that too. Yeah, definitely. All right. So one pot African peanut stew, as I mentioned previously, we're making it tonight for friends that are coming over. It's so easy. Only literally, and this is actually a literal one pot stew. You know how sometimes they'll say one pot, but you have to sear the meat first. And I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. That's not fair. No, this is you throw everything in. It is got Swiss chard, sweet potatoes, peanuts, tomato paste, salt, pepper, Lots of other things that I can't think of right now. And peanut it's butter? just so good. Didn't I say that? Oh, yeah, probably. I think I said peanut butter. Yes. And, and I think you can even add peanuts on top to make them make add a little crunch here. I'll look on the recipe. Uh, uh, peanut, whatever. It, that recipe is not opening for me. But we're also going to add some rice at the bottom uh, and then serve it with some whole grain rolls. And it's just, oh, my gosh, it's so, so good. Is it beef or chicken? No, it's vegetarian. Oh, it's, oh. Yeah. And it's just hearty and delicious. You'll be full even without the meat. Interesting. Yeah. Really, really good. All right. Well, coming up on January 16th, we will be dishing out another Q&A episode as well as an update to our wellness goals for 2022. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, until next time, everyone, be well. Happy New Year, and Nicole, talk to you soon. Take care, Tina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>